Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Paul Edwards, and I'm a member of the Board of Publications, and my co-hostess is... Susan Glass, also a member of the Board of Publications. And we are sitting in the center of a gaggle of candidates. And that gaggle of candidates is going to spend a little bit of time talking with you. We apologize for starting a little bit late this afternoon. It's not that the candidates weren't here, and it's not that... uh, we moderators weren't ready to go. It was instead that we were trying to get ALSs to work and uh, ALD as well. What do I know? Thank you, thank you, Karen. Um, that's right, ALSs. Yeah. So we're we're going to get underway. We're going to have three different kinds of questions on our program this evening. Questions that we in the Board of Publications have diabolically put together to stun and, and uh, obfuscate the candidates. Yes. Um, then questions from the audience that may tend to do the same. And questions from ACB radio listeners. Uh, we want to remind ACB radio listeners and, and Larry that questions must have a name attached. We don't accept anonymous questions. Yeah, I've already put that out in earlier. Thank you. We're, gonna, we're going to... Um, begin by doing opening statements. We have candidates for the president, first vice president, second vice president, secretary, treasurer, and also an individual who's announced in advance that should some of the candidates who are currently running win, he will be seeking a vacant board position. So we're going to treat all of them the same um, and, and therefore, they will all have the opportunity to respond to all questions. We're going to start with an opening statement from each candidate of two minutes apiece. And um, we will uh, announce to you when you get to 30 seconds. Anything you want to add, Susan, as you pass the mic on to Miss Kim to start? Sounds good, and I will um, volunteer to keep time. Perfect. So... Miss Kim. We're going to pass it down. Thank you, Susan. You timed me earlier, and I think I totally disregarded it when you were timing me before. So (laughs) this time we'll do better. All right. Can I go ahead? Thank you. Um, I'm Kim Charlson, and I am running for third and final term as president of ACB. I... As I said in my candidate statement, um, it's been an honor to serve this organization over the course of the last four years. Um, My gravelly voice is no indication of how committed I am to ACB. I think it happens to a lot of us at convention. There's a lot of talking going on. But there are still so many things that um, are underway that I'm so excited about with, with respect to ACB, and I want to continue to work and continue to move the organization forward in the positive direction that it's going with our fiscal issues, with our advocacy and legislative affairs issues, our, um, our work with the tech industry and sponsorships and all those things where ACB is a name that really means so much, and I just want to continue to see that grow. Um, I'm incredibly proud of our staff. I'm proud of every single board member, our committees, the, the amazing amount of work that volunteers do in this organization. 
almost 18,000 hours of volunteer work from all of you who are working on all of our key issues. So my hope is to continue to, to, to manage and coordinate and guide and, and, and deliver this organization into a place that moves us, makes us even stronger two years down the road. So, you know, that's, that's the legacy that I look for. And, you know, seeing ACB strengthen and grow, um, that's, that's where we need to be. Let me know when you're ready, Susan. Mr. Dan Spoon. Go, Dan. All right. Hello, everyone. Uh, thank you for uh, having us all here at the Candidates Forum this evening, and thank you all for coming. I know you had a lot of options of fine dining and uh, opportunities to go out and uh, enjoy the festival, so thank you for being here and, and caring about ACB and, and our officers. Um, I am from Orlando, Florida. I live there with my uh, lovely wife, Leslie. Uh, have been on the uh, ACB board for the last five years. I uh, was uh, very kind to be reelected last year uh, at our convention. Uh, have had an opportunity uh, over the last five years to really uh, get immersed in ACB and, and all the different projects and programs that we are, are working so diligently on. Uh, I'm very proud of the work we've done in our strategic planning effort. I've had an opportunity to participate on both the development teams and the uh, marketing and communications teams for those efforts. Uh, we're redesigning the website, and I've had an opportunity to be part of that design team, uh, as well as uh, being the head of the Goal 2 committee for the last number of years. So uh, I think it's very important as we move forward that key, two key things we have to really focus on. We have to focus on growing retaining our membership and growing and recruiting new members, and we have to focus on financial stability and growth so we can bring the staff in that we need to do the, run the programs and services that help blind and visually impaired people throughout our country. Thank you. Hello, my name is John McCann. I'm running for the Office of Second Vice President for my second term. It has been an honor and privilege to have served in that position for the last two years, and I seek your uh, endorsement, and more to the point, your vote, um, to retain that position. I'm a retired attorney, comfortably retired in Arizona, where the average summer temperature is probably in three digits, but that's cool. Um, well, actually, it's not cool, it's hot. But if you have a pool and air conditioning, it's, you know, God created a man who in turn invented air conditioning. But, but to a more serious topic, it has been, you know, I, my life's plan was to kind of bail out of a career and to use my legal skills. I was an, a, an attorney for some 35 years, all 34 and change, you know, to bring my legal expertise to the board. I mean, do you really want me to be the only person on the board who doesn't have a law degree? Although that may change, but that's another discussion. Um, I am very concerned about things within ACB relative to governance. But when I say concerned, I think it's problems that we can, or issues, that can readily be addressed. And I'm all about governance. I'm all about bringing our organization into the 21st century with respect to governance. I have expertise in that area. 
those of you who are, are in GDUI may know that I have that experience. And we need to do a top-down review of our Constitution and bylaws. You know, the thing I like about this combination is that Dan has our financial back and I got your legal governance back. And I think it's a one-two punch, it's a great punch, and I would, you know, ask for your vote to keep the collegial board. Well, I'm done. Yeah. Excellent. Thank you. Uh, now we need... We have a single cordless mic and we're going to hear from Ray Campbell. Ready for me? Yes. Good evening. This is Ray Campbell, and I'm running for my third and final term as Secretary of the American Council of the Blind. It was uh, an honor to break the male glass ceiling four years ago and become Secretary. Um, I have enjoyed my position as Secretary, uh, providing uh, an accurate record and assisting the board in uh, whatever ways that I can. Uh, I'm not going to spend a lot of time on what was in my candidate statement. I'll, you know, certainly be glad and look forward to answering the questions that are going to be asked. But um, two challenges that I see uh, to the future: uh, membership growing and uh, retaining a membership has been mentioned, but I think related to that is our affiliates. We have affiliates that are in big, big trouble, folks. I've read the credentials report. Many affiliates are losing voting strength. I, I'm in an affiliate with serious financial issues. I met with an affiliate last year who had dissolution on their agenda. The, we've got to figure out how to strengthen and grow ACB's affiliates. And I know the national organization typically does not get into a lot of that because we are decentralized, but we, we have to look at how to do that. I think second of all, the biggest challenge externally is pretty obvious, the current political environment that we're in and we're going to be in for the next few years in Washington, uh, and we're going to have to work even harder to get the programs through that are important to individuals who are blind or visually impaired and make sure we do everything we can to protect those that do work. Thank you. And Ray, if you pass the mic to David, I will do that. Okay. When you're ready. ready. I'm David Trott. I would like to be your treasurer. This would be my first term. I've served two full terms on the Board of Directors and three partial terms. I currently serve a term that I was elected to in 2014. I have the skill sets to work with our accountants to make sure that we keep a strong financial backing. We're in a good position that we've all worked for for many, many years because for many years our budget was unbalanced, sometimes as much as a half a million dollars in the hole. Right now we have a positive budget, and I want to work hard to see that we maintain that. And in order to do that, it will take constant uh, observation of everything going on, the income streams, the outgo streams. Uh, I have experience working with our accountants on the audit, and uh, we're strong there. So as I come into this position, if elected, um, we, you know, it won't be the hardship it was for my predecessor, Carla Rushable, when she came on board. So I just would appreciate your support and know that I'm there for you. Uh, you know, I have my email out there, my phone, I return calls and email, and any other problems that you have or concerns that you have, uh, I'm, my door is always open and I'm always willing to listen. Uh, good evening. 
Uh, my name is Doug Powell from Falls Church, Virginia, and if a board position opens during the elections for officers, I would like to b become a part of the board. Um, I, uh, I'm a teacher. You know, by calling, I'm a teacher. And what is a teacher? A teacher leads, a teacher listens, and a teacher learns. And uh, I've been uh, through, the state, you know, through the chapter and state. Uh, I have also done uh, a regional convention. I was the convention steering committee chair for the regional convention uh, at, the, at the sort of the state level. And for the last uh, four years, I've been on the uh, Board of Publications. I've also been the chair of the Rehabilitation Issues Task Force for five years. And I've, uh, uh, as soon as the Leadership Training Task Force came on board, I said, well, I want to be a part of that because I'm dedicated to uh, bringing people along. So all of those positions I've been trying to lead, I've been trying to learn, and I've been trying to listen. And I'd like to do the same at the board level. So let's talk for a moment about the, the, the next three segments. Um, Susan's going to ask a question. And then while Susan is asking a question, if members of the audience would think of whether they have a question they'd like to ask folks, that would be good. And then we're going to see if there is an ACB radio question for us. So that's the order that we're going to take things. And what I'd like to ask people to do, because we're running short on time, is to limit their answers to one minute. Okay? So, Susan, with your question. All right. What changes would you like to see happen with or within ACB in the next five years? This is open to anyone, to anyone who wishes to answer. I would. Okay, so we've heard from David and Ray, so David gets to go first. Here you go, Ray. In the next five years, uh, changes that I would like to see. Uh, I would like to see a stronger uh, effort by our board and officers and staff to working with the uh, low vision people. I think that uh, for every time we print a piece of braille, that we owe it to our low vision people to have large print. The other main concern I would have is that we continue to focus on our grant program and the only way we're going to grow that grant program from the uh, lower end grants that we're getting now and we're doing a great job there but uh, we need to have some positive outcome programs to, to uh, draw in bigger grants. So Mr. Ray is next. Okay, ready? Yes. Okay. There are a number of things uh, I think the strategic plan which the board undertook this past uh, winter uh, outlined a lot of goals and, and deliverables that can be achieved within the next five years. A couple I'd like to see. One, I'd like to see a little more diversity on the board. Um, we're very heavily male-dominated. Uh, we have a few women, and that's great, um, but we don't have, uh, to my knowledge, anyone of color, um, and that needs to change. Um, we are very heavily focused, totally blind. I'd like to see a little more low vision representation, and that's one thing. I think a second thing I'd like to see is we need to, and Eric mentioned this morning, and I agree 100%, professionalize our staff a little bit more. We need people in the office who can help with things like membership and 
and uh, assist with advocacy issues and uh, marketing communications, those sorts of things. Um, a lot of things can be done by volunteers, no question about it, but we need that expertise in the office as well. Thank you. Doug wants to take a shot. Got it. Thank you. All right. Um, I think uh, I, I agree with uh, Ray and others who have said, you know, we need to help the affiliates, uh, empower the affiliates to, to uh, grow stronger. I, you know, I, I've talked that I'm, I've been in the leadership training uh, task force. It's been uh, kind of fun because uh, several young people have come up to me and uh, actually at the convention here and said, you know, I, we want more of that. And so I, I think we can. I think we can develop a great mentorship program where we're bringing uh, members along to take on increasing responsibility and make sure that we're uh, continuing to develop a, a vibrant organization. So does anybody on that side of the house wish, wish to play with this one? Yeah. Everyone can. So let's. Have, so we're sending it up to the other end. You can go ahead, John. Here's the mic. I'm geographically closest, as it were. I may go. I have been given an opportunity to go. And when my mother said that at three, well, that's another discussion. Uh, in any case, I'm going to just be very candid here and say that ACB at a certain level is overly feudalistic. And we need to have more of a sense of ourselves as being one organization. Uh, what I'm saying is that we need to more tightly integrate the relationship between the national office and our state affiliates. We need to help them. We need to do everything we can for them. There was a position historically in the national office filled by any number of people. Go and read my candidate statement on this point, okay? Um, I can name names, but that's not important. The salient point of this organization is that we need to more tightly integrate the affiliates with the national organization. I think it is known at this point that, well, Jeff will be leaving the state of Arizona, Jeff Bishop, uh, on July 15. I will, as first vice president, therefore become president. And I know firsthand of the challenges the affiliate state uh, faces, and Arizona is one of them. Uh, and maybe it's good that I'm standing for second vice president under that set of circumstances. But here's the point. We need to more tightly integrate uh, the national office and an identity with ACB. You know, we need to stop the feudalism. Thank you. Susan, you want me to? You good? Okay. All right. Uh, well, thank you. I, I really appreciate the question, Susan. And I really think uh, a lot of it comes down to uh, an opportunity over these next five years to really work at broadening it through inclusion and the word that I like to use, accountability. And that is something that I think we're really working towards as a board. You're now seeing us talk a lot more about programs and services and who's responsible and what are those goals and objectives for those particular programs. An example, over the last four or five years, thanks to Kim's uh, opportunity, I've had an opportunity to be the chair of the audio description project. We've really established a mission statement, a set of programs and services that we want to, to foster, in a set of 35 objectives that we work towards each year. And I believe, I'd be interested to get some feedback back from Susan, but at first you think, well, that's a lot of work. But what it is is that a lot of success takes place, a lot of goals get met, and it doesn't lead to apathy, it leads to energy. And people want to work more and they want to work harder 
because they're getting things done to help blind and visually impaired people. And that's where we've got to move, continue to move our culture. I'm going to take a spin-off from what Dan was talking about because my, my hopes and my dreams for ACB for the next three to five years are positive ones. ACB is moving in a good direction. We're strengthening our infrastructure. We're, we're diversifying our finances. We're doing the right things in the right areas to make the organization stronger for the future. But what I also want to see is I want, I'm excited about the work that our membership and affiliate action team is doing to do focus groups, which they did today, asking members, what is it that you want from ACB? Maybe it was yesterday. Everything gets a little blurry right now. But, um, but uh, I think that finding out what our members want, you know, guiding this organization in the direction that works for all of our members and in, and developing a sense of pride in what we do is very important to me and i've heard more over the course of the last year to 2 years from individual members who can point to accomplishments of ACB and they can say i'm proud to be an ACB and that's what i want to see That's right. They've got to ask the next question. Yeah. We're all sharing. Okay. We are. So the next, the next segment is an audience question. So if anybody in the audience has a question, would you either stand or raise your hand, and Sharon will come find you with the mic? Um, this is Karen Campbell. I just want to ask you... Several of you talk about diversity of the board, and yes, that needs to be made more diverse. What ideas do you have uh, to accomplish that, to, to uh, see the board become more diverse? No, you don't get the first one. John McCann does. I think, I think we need to market to the communities, uh, you know, of diversity. Um, I don't know all what to say about that. I, I don't consider myself to be blindsided by the question. It is a legitimate question. Now, right now, we have one African-American on the board. I think we need to be stronger in, I mean, our membership is a little bit down. And since we're on ACB radio, I won't say more about that. But we need a more global outreach generally. And to the extent that our outreach is global and to the extent that it states up front without apology or equivocation that we are an inclusive organization, I hope that we will see candidates or people who are not candidates, but people who are interested in joining us um, to send the message that membership in our, we welcome them coming to our organization. Having said that, though, I will be candid enough to say that it's, I don't want to engage in identity politics on steroids. I think that's wrong. And I'll say that, you know, whatever it costs me in terms of this election. Just because you're from group X or group Y doesn't mean that you deserve a seat on the board. I will say that without apology or equivocation. What skills do you bring to this board? What knowledge base do you bring to this board? 
How did you, okay, I'm done. So can you hand it on to, uh, to whom? To Kim? Uh, Kim, you know, Dan can do it, I can't do it. <laughs> All right. Oh, hush, you're cutting into my time, Mr. McGann. <laughs> so, thank you very much. Um, I think this was a great question, and I've been looking at diversity and certainly talking with and trying to support initiatives that will promote diversity. And there's a lot of ways that that can happen. I think it, it doesn't, you know, diversity and, and identifying people who can help us diversify our organization doesn't necessarily come from the top. Um, the top is supportive. I'm going to tell you I'm very supportive. But it's also helpful to know who the people are in the affiliates who are diverse, or they're people of color, where whatever community they represent, and that your affiliate says, we have good people. We, you know, you need to take a look at this person. I think there's a place for them. And we don't start with the board of directors. You know, I think we need people to start in, in the committee structure, in their local affiliates. We need to watch their growth and development. We need to support them and help them to grow and that's what I believe in, and that's what I will support. Jan? Okay. Uh, thank you for the question. I, 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 echoing a little bit along what Kim said, I really think um, how you work at getting a more diverse population on your board is you work through the grassroots and up through the committees and different leadership positions. So it's hard for somebody to go from just a member to a board of directors, right? You, you need to be involved in the committee structure, and I think the more we reach out and include people of diversity in these opportunities, we foster that growth. From the top, we have to always be inclusive. Uh, an example um, with, um, with Will and Gabriel in BPI, we really I worked with them, encouraged them to attend the legislative seminars, uh, promoted their inclusion in those events, and, and worked to help to develop them as leaders. And I think they would tell you they feel a whole lot more comfortable now than they did two or three years ago. So it's getting that experience. Same thing with SASE with dual sensory loss. We've got to be accepting. We've got to make sure we include people as the board liaison. I felt very comfortable and honored to have an opportunity to work at improving our ALDs and hoping and working to get people accessible, accessibility. Okay. All right, so let's start with Doug, then, then um, Ray, then David. Uh, I was talking to, as I said, I've been uh, talking to some of the younger members uh, this week, and they're really interested in how do I, you know, how, you know I, I've been exhorting them to, you know, to take on more leadership, and they say, how do I do it? So uh, I, I'm clear that we have uh, people, uh, you know, younger people, uh, and I think they're fairly diverse, who are looking for opportunities and want to know how to, you know, learn the ropes, so, uh, I mean, this is, you know, this is not the first time I've run for this office, and uh, it's, uh, without being overconfident, I think that uh, I'm in a better position now to, uh, to actually get on the board than I have been in the past, 
And so, I, you know, I'm very clear about the road that it takes to get there, and I believe that we can do a, greater, a better job of uh, bringing people along and making sure they understand what, you know, what the kinds of experiences they need to have under their belts so that they can be in a position to, to be a, a, a significant member of the board of directors. Pastor David, I don't have anything to add, really. Okay. David, go ahead. Okay. I don't really have a lot to add either. Um, I came on this board, uh, an old vendor from Alabama in 2003, so you can imagine the shock value that was to some of the members at that time. And since then, they realized that I had the skill sets that I said I did to come on and be a viable part of that board. The only thing that I would add at this point is that we are going to have to seek funding to reimburse board members' expenses because we're losing a lot of talent to people who simply just cannot afford to run for the board. But bear in mind, at the last of this, we are a democratic organization in that anyone is free to run at any time. And uh, if you've got the skill sets and you look back at 2003 when old David came on the board, and his first full-time at 2004, um, if you run hard enough and long enough, you can be successful. Cool. Larry, do we have an ACB radio question? Yeah, actually, we do. We got one. And this is from Don Horn. And his question is, the percentage of uh, totally blind people seems higher to him in ACB than it does in the general blind community. His question is, uh, what can ACB do in addition to continuing to support the work of CCLVI uh, do to make sure that folks that are legally blind but have usable vision feel that they have a place within the organization? Let's start it off with David. I think the first thing we're going to have to start to do is get realistic and know that, that we are top-heavy blind. Even this, those of us with low vision, like myself, have been advocates for Braille for years. And I'm always going to be an advocate for Braille because I'm a Braille user. But I'm also a large print user. And stuff that we do at ACB needs to be more vision-friendly uh, because we do have a a fairly good-sized population of low-vision people. And we just have to, to be more inclusive, I think. I think we're doing everything right. I don't think anybody's discriminated against. I think we just be, need to be more inclusive of our low-vision people. And I think at that point, we'll begin to grow. Um, Ray, do you want, do sure. you want this one? Sure. I'll take a shot at it. Um, Don, thank you for the question. I, I don't know what the true stats are in that regard. So, but I'll say this, I think that we need to always make sure that everything we're doing, that we're always thinking of the low vision segment. And I think we try. Um, for example, we need to make sure that um, when we're talking about, um, you know, when we're working with a, a company on accessibility of a product, uh, we need to make sure not only can it work with uh, those you know, screen readers and that sort of thing, but that there's, um, adequate uh, mechanisms in place so it'll work for those who, who, you, who have usable vision. The largest segment of our blind community is people with low vision. 
and we need to make sure that they um, have a seat at the table. I think we've tried. I don't think anybody, as David said, purposely has uh, you know tried. It's just kind of the way things have worked out. But uh, my view, the low vision folks are welcome and encouraged and are equals, and I'm going to advocate as hard for large print as I do for Braille. Thanks. Do, Doug, do you want to start on Do you, you want to answer this one? Or do yeah, you? I, would, I would like to just All right, so it'll just, be short. Yep. I know someone, uh, uh, a, a colleague of mine, who uh, his vision was just reassessed, and he, so he is no longer considered legally blind. And there are, uh, his vision hasn't changed at all. It's just the assessment. And he's felt like there are people in the organization who uh, uh, deal with him differently uh, now that he's been reassessed. I think that's awful. So I, I, I think that we, you know, we all, <laughs> there are so many ways that we I define ourselves, but we also need to make sure that we are uh, including everybody and, uh, you know, and, and not discriminating against those who are not exactly the same as we are. Um, thank you for the question. Uh, I, I do think there's, um, you know, I do believe, at, excuse me, thank you, John. I do believe at the board level we try to be inclusive. I, I think everybody has their own paradigm, and it's, it's always hard if you're not walking in somebody else's shoes, their, their moccasins, to know what they're perceiving and feeling. And, and so I think it is difficult. Uh, I would point to an example that I've seen in Tennessee where the Crossville chapter, which was a visually impaired support group that didn't really have a home beyond their own support group, reached out to the Tennessee Council of the Blind, and the Tennessee Council of the Blind welcomed them in with 50 members. You now see Linda Simmons and Margie DeMars come to these meetings. They've now joined CCLVI. They have a wonderful chapter going on that has added 30% to the membership of TCB, and now they're becoming leaders. Margie, uh, Linda is now sharing the treasury duties, and Margie's on the board of the Tennessee Council of the Blind. These are the opportunities that are out there for us. When we can't wait for people to come knock on our door, we need to be willing to go knock on their door and let them know why there's a place for them in the ACB family. Thank you for sharing that story. I wasn't aware of that, so that's a really positive um, development, I think, for Tennessee Council as well as ACB. So I, um, I, I, I live my professional life every day dealing with information access for people who are blind or visually impaired and making sure that all the formats are the appropriate ones for what people need, whether it's large print, audio, braille, electronic, email, you know, sometimes it gets a little challenging because there are multiple choices. But as much as we absolutely can, I think the ACB has an obligation to do what we can to make the, the accessible formats for people who have different levels of ability. And I think what ACB is doing right now with the survey of its large print readers is is a good step. We're not we're not just taking you know what's your opinion, what's your opinion, but we're trying to gather a collective 
voice with samples and format types and things that you can really look at and and assess to determine what will be most effective for the most people who use large print and i think this has been a, a you know a good experience for for us to go through and some would say that that we did this a few years ago and why didn't it go anywhere um, you know, I'm not going to look back into the rearview mirror on that one, but what I am feeling is a much different time, a much different place, and a much different level of acceptance of the process that we're using right now to do that large print assessment. Thank you. Okay, I'm last on deck, and first of all, let me give a, a proud shout-out to a fellow Lavelle School graduate, Don Horn. Uh, albeit that, uh, well, he graduated from high school in 76 and me in 68 from eighth grade. But that's another discussion. Uh, hey, Don, you know, convey my best wishes to Long Island. But be that as it may. Um, okay, to the question at hand, I think we need to be inclusive. I was, and we all participated in the, in the CCLVI teleconference uh, conversation and I was a little bit surprised at the level of concern respecting ACB's seemingly disassociation from the low vision community. I've been on this board for five years, and I hadn't heard over much about it, but I heard a lot about it as a candidate. We pledged to be inclusive. I think we need to be inclusive. We will be inclusive. I understand there's a survey going on now. I won't speak to what went on in 2010 or 2011 because I was not part of the board at that time. I don't know what the study was. I don't know what it said. I don't know why it is seemingly left to rot, I mean, if that's the way to put it. And, and may, maybe that's unfair. It, it probably is. But the fact of the matter is that we need good information. There's a survey. The low vision community needs to achieve a consensus about what the format needs to be in terms – I'm not uh, – I'm limited in time. So, okay, time. I'm done, I guess. All right. Uh, back text me, you know. <laughs> Reach out to me on Twitter. I'm that kind of guy. So I'm gonna tr we're going to try something real fast because we're, we're running out of time. I want to allow folks an opportunity for a really quick opening statement of, oh, I don't know, 30 or 40 seconds. But let's try a quick fire round um, with this question. How can ACB involve its rank and file members more in our activities? And let's start with Dan. All right. Paul, thank you. I got 30 seconds. I guess I got to go fast. Um, well, one thing I think we could, uh, what I'm seeing with the Midwest Leadership Conference, I think there's an opportunity to expand besides state uh, conventions and the national convention and try to do some regional workshops that pull people together, that allow people to travel less distances and yet have a more meaningful dialogue than you get at your state convention or your national uh, convention. So I think that's one thing we can do to involve and increase participation amongst our membership. Um, broadening participation, one way I think that, that I've been really intrigued with, and, the, and an example of this is the, the teleconference, uh, telecaucuses that affiliates are turning to. It gives more members an opportunity to talk to candidates and ask questions. 
I think that we have to look at ways where we can make meetings work for people. People can't always get out to a monthly meeting. Maybe it's quarterly. Maybe it's a teleconference meeting because everybody's spread out and there's not good transportation in their particular affiliate. I think with technology, we can make ways to connect better and not make it complicated, not make it hard, but open up those doors to allow more participation and engagement. Okay, um, I, I was thinking the same thing Kim was, that uh, we, we have experts and we can get experts. Uh, we have, I don't think we've explored and, uh, the uh, webinar or teleconference, you know, uh, hopefully webinar uh, systems will get more accessible and we'll be able to use them to, uh, to reach out to uh, large numbers of our members with some expert uh, ideas and, and you know, perhaps, you know, some of our vendors, who you know, our sponsors, can uh, talk about their, their advancements with a, a nationwide audience uh, over, a, you know, a teleconference or a webinar. Uh, David? I think one of the ways we could uh, reach out and involve our local affiliates more, I like the idea of, of how we did the caucuses. And I think we could utilize ACB radio and have an you know, a, a board panel and an officer panel rotate out quarterly to discuss issues of the day and be more informative to our um, membership and also get more concerns from our membership because they would be able to call in and it would be an open discussion. Couple, couple areas. Number one, um, I think I'd like to see reinstitution of the office hours, perhaps board member, one board member per quarter or something could rotate around and do that. Similar to what David was talking about, we could certainly do that with ACB radio. The other thing, I am really pleased with the work the voting task force did to show that it really is possible to get people who can't attend national conventions involved in our election and voting processes, and we need to continue more of that. So we, Susan and I have decided we almost have time for one more quick fire round. Oh, sorry. Excuse me. John. Sorry. I almost got a pass. Jeez. Maybe I couldn't get, maybe I'm an attorney. I should have kept my mouth shut. I didn't, no. In all seriousness, look, here. You know, first of all, for openers, 10 seconds? Oh, the hell with it. I might as well just pass my, look, you got to, how do you engage the rank and file? You got to know who the hell your rank and file is. Okay. I believe in strong, vibrant local chapters, but where that cannot exist, you need to leverage technology, especially to engage younger members. We're talking about Twitter. We're talking about Facebook. Why would it shock anybody that I would be preaching, banging the, the gong for social media? And I guess I'll shut up there. <laughs> All right. Do you have ideas about how ACB can be financially stronger than it is now over the course of the next two years? And what, what, what might those ideas be? Who do you want to start with? Um, we will start with Dan. Yeah. <laughs> got lots of ideas. 30 seconds, huh? <laughs> Please read the strategic plan. Um, 
No, I think very quickly we, we have to start thinking of ourselves in terms of programs and services on the expense side so we can really get our goals down and, make, and hold people responsible accounting and accountable for those programs. On the revenue side, we've worked hard to divide our revenue into eight uh, categories of revenue channels. And what we did there was try to find out what are those areas where we really have the real opportunity for growth. And very quickly we found there's three key areas. Corporate relationships, uh, fundraising as far as development with direct mail, the MMS program, and also special events that we can hold inside of our own affiliates. So those are the three areas where we're going to concentrate on. That uh, development that'll buy me time. Okay, development. I think we've done well with corporate relationships, and that's great. I also think, and you know, we're certainly not talking about overly being strong-armed, but I think that the membership of this organization needs to be more financially invested in its outcomes. I understand you know, the dues aren't going to be raised. That's untenable. I totally get that. And I understand that there may be donor fatigue. But if we want to defend our rights, we need to pay for it ourselves and not be beholden to outside entities. All right. So um, Dan outlined the programs and services approach, and we've done a lot of work with our strategic plan, diversifying our financial um, resources, um, absolutely corporate. We're doing a lot more with that. Grant writing, we're, we're identifying and building relationships with key funders. You don't just write a grant and send it out and kind of pray. Uh, well, that is sort of what you do. But you have to find the right grants because, as you all know, there are grants that are going to be supportive of the, the purposes and the mission of ACB and other grants that are not going to be appropriate at all. So we're building that pipeline. We're building our and strengthening, cutting expenses, but allowing us to grow our financial diversity, our investments, and that's the direction we need to move. Actually, I agree with what they say, but I, I want to say that we're doing things right. We don't really need to do anything different. We just need to broaden our program streams and work forward the way we're going now. When you come from being in the hole to 160000 plus budget, you are doing it right. So our corporate sponsors, our grants, these are areas if we define the programs that we have ongoing, we can continue to grow, and I think that's the way of the future for ACB. I'll just add that, uh, yeah, I think that the membership uh, is, you know, is, is paying quite a bit, and so uh, looking outside for uh, innovative ways of, of uh, getting, uh, I think uh, Eric is doing a great job with the corporations of creating partnerships, and, and uh, we've gotten a lot of uh, financial partners as well as uh, technical partners that way, and I think we, uh, that's a great direction to continue in. Keep doing what we're doing and do more of it. We, um, we've, we're doing some great work 
I think the corporate angle is wonderful what we're doing in the consulting because we not only are getting financial benefits from that, but we're getting members and other people who are blind more involved in helping make life better for blind people coming down the road. We have inc incredible credibility in ACB. We're incredibly respected. Let's keep on doing what we're doing and figure out how to do a little bit more of it. Thank you, sir. Yeah. I think I managed to include everybody this time. <laughs> so we're, we're going to now recognize folks to make a, a final statement somewhere between 30 seconds and a minute, I think. And let's just, let's just go ahead and start uh, and go in entirely the opposite direction that we went in the first time. So we'll start with Doug and, and move across. I'm, uh, I'm, uh, I, I'm incredibly awed. Uh, actually, I was sitting in on the, on the board of, uh, of directors meetings the other day and saw the, uh, uh, the reports that came back from the strategic planning uh, teams. And I'm really awed by the work that they've done and excited to become a member of it. So uh, I would appreciate your vote to uh, start uh, implementing some of the action plans that they came up with, and, and I think you'll really be excited about the results. I'm excited to see ACB moving forward. I want to be a part of us keep moving forward and just know that uh, my love for ACB, it's, it's my retired goal. It's my job now and know that I'm here to serve you. Thank you. Once again, we, we, the candidates, have come before you, the hiring managers. We've been on an incredible interview process for the last month or so after submitting our resumes, which are our candidate statements. I have been honored to serve you as secretary to keep you, the membership, up to date with the work of the board. I think ACB is moving in some great positive directions. I want to be a part of that, and I would sure appreciate your vote on Thursday. Thank you. Like I said, my name is John McCann. It was my plan, my life plan in retirement to dedicate myself substantially to ACB when I'm not wearing a bathing suit and swimming in my pool and doing other cool things in the southwest of Arizona. But, you know, I wake up, I live for ACB, I care about ACB. I've had a 35-year history with ACB. I've had a 30-year, 30-plus year practice as, as an attorney. I know about governance. I have skills to dedicate to this organization. And I'm beholding to you, the electorate, to empower me to dedicate two more years, and possibly more, but we'll worry about that in 19, uh, to serve you. It's my honor and pleasure and privilege to serve you, and I would hope uh, you know, that you would vote for me. Thank you, Dan Spoon. Uh, first of all, I, I want to say, you know, Leslie and I got involved in the Council of the Blind at the local level and the Mid-Florida Council of the Blind at the time over 20 years ago because we wanted to find some people that were going through the same thing we were going through, that were, were dealing with vision loss, and where did that support come from? And in that, in that home, in that family, I saw people that were strong role models, that were leading, leading totally full and productive lives. That's what I want us to continue to always embrace in ACB. We get very caught up in, in uh, advocacy, and, and that's really, really important. But the most important thing are us, are our people. 
And we have to always to remember, let's don't be so hard on ourselves. Let's be gentle. Let's embrace everyone. And remember, everyone gets here through a different journey and different path, but we all have something to contribute. And if I get elected first vice president, I will try my best to contribute to the greatest of my ability. Thank you. Thank you. In closing this evening, I've had the opportunity to work with a dynamic board of directors um, and so many talented leaders in this organization from the affiliate level to the committee chairs. And I view this as the, the next step in what I hope will be um, a continuing journey for strengthening and growing ACB to a place where everyone can be proud of being a member, that, that they will share that, that they will take our, our values and our mission to others in their communities and support each other. Um, I really like what Dan said about being a place where you're safe. I spoke with a woman yesterday who accidentally found out about our convention, drove three hours to get here, has only been legally blind for four months, and she said she couldn't believe that blind people could do all the things that she was seeing taking place here with all of us. And we made an impact on her life, and every one of those lives we impact is worth all the hours that we all spend doing what we do to make the world better for people who are blind and visually impaired, and that's what I want to do for ACB. And I appreciate your support, and thank you to the BOP for putting this candidates form together, and I'll pass the mic back to Susan and Paul to wrap up. Thank you, candidates, for your conscientious, thoughtful approach to this election, for your years of service and obvious dedication to ACB, for being so forthcoming this evening. Thank you to the members for, of ACB for listening, both here and on ACB Radio, and thank you to all of us who, this is part of how democracy works. We see it at the local level. Thank you to all of us for being a part of this election process. It's how ACB continues to thrive. Thank you so much.